Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode four of Fastgate Rewatch podcast. I am your host, Can't Wear Hats, and joining me as usual is Red Nightmare. Hello, I jumped the gun there. Sorry. That's okay. No need to stand on ceremony. <laughs> it's not like there's kings here. Well, it's funny you should say that, because this is uh, episode four, and the episode is Throne for a Loss. Thrones, kings, you can probably guess who this episode is yeah. uh, featuring heavily. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is, like I said, episode four, and it is Rigel-focused, our favorite yeah. puppet. Sort of. It centers around Rigel. It's all Rigel's fault, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. All right. Well, without further ado, let's get into what actually happened. <laughs> so we start out with, well, a CGI shot of a shuttle coming in towards Moya. It's not just any shuttle, though, because we learned that a group of Tavleks... Which is mispronounced thoroughly throughout the episode. <laughs> yeah, it's Tavleks. <laughs> not tabloids. Tavleks. Tavleks. Are on their way to uh, Moya. And the crew are trying to uh, cut a deal with them to carry some of their cargo for a bit of cash because, you know, they're still a bit uh, strapped for cash, as it, as it were. And Rigel has decided that he's going to negotiate. And he wants to really uh, sell sell how grand and royal he is. So. <laughs> he's bigging himself up in, you know, typical Rigel fashion. Like, I'm dominated, 600 billion people, I should be doing this. <laughs> They'll be impressed by me. And Crichton and Aaron are walking down towards the transport hangar. <laughs> He's like, no, no, don't take a gun, This that'll look bad. <laughs> you don't want to go all John Wayne on them. And Who's John Wayne? <laughs> and I love this about uh, Crichton, is that he does not accept that they don't know who John Wayne is. He's <laughs> yes. like, no, you know, from, Wayne. From, from, from the films, it's like... John, this is the aliens, man. It's like, uh, uh, Kung Fu! Kung Fu wouldn't have carried a gun. What I, what I really like is he starts going down a few movies. True Grit, a few other movies, and then he mentions apparently a bad John Wayne movie. It's like, you know, forget that last one. Everybody oh, has a bad movie. No, no, no. This is an infamous one. John refers to the film, not by name, but it's the 1956 film The Conqueror, where John Wayne did indeed play Genghis Khan. Oh, right, Genghis Khan, that's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know what? <laughs> Forget Genghis Khan, everybody has a bad movie. Yeah, the very much, still with an American accent, John Wayne plays Genghis Khan. Uh... There's the, what's the infamous line? It's like, you're beautiful in your wrath. It's like, this is a Mongolian... <laughs> Just, yes, oh. that was, in case you were wondering, yes, that is a real film. That really I, happened. I, I assume that was a real film. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So they make it to the hangar, of course, and the Tavlex board, and things, you know, don't quite go how we're expecting. It's an ambush, pretty much. They turn up, just draw their guns immediately, and kidnap Rigel. Actually, in a very cool fight scene, might I add. Yeah. They're... Especially the music is like, yeah, rock, <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah, they're dressed in kind of foam power armor, <laughs> really. <laughs> yeah. They've got like some... Uh, bracelet things that fire bolts of uh, energy at uh, the crew of uh, Moya, which will become relevant later. Quite uh, quickly, actually. So they manage to get away with Rigel, but one of the Tavleks gets uh, left behind. They manage to trap him on the ship. John actually knocks him out with a wrench. It's like, hey, Asa, back! <laughs> After everyone else has been having some some trouble, John's like, all right, we'll do this the Earth way. <laughs> <laughs> Hit him with a wrench. 
So then Crichton obviously wants Pilot to go after the shuttle with uh, Rigel in it. <laughs> Darko says, no, it's Rigel's fault, and let's get out of here. Actually, <laughs> Screw that guy. <laughs> he's, he's actually being very aggressive about that, because... Darko being aggressive? <laughs> no, because during the fight, uh, as John knocks out the uh, tabloid... Mm. Tavlek. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> his wrist weapon comes loose, and Dargo grabs it, puts it on us, tries to use it. It doesn't work. When it's open, we, you can see that there are needles sticking in his arm. Yeah, and there's like a little uh, container of what looks to be fluid on the outside of it. Yeah, so Dargo is actually yeah acting more aggressive than usual, saying, Screw Rigel, we're out of here. Um, which is not out of character, but he's No, being, that's not out of character. But he's being very aggressive about it. And he actually then chucks an enormous barrel right across the room. <laughs> and the crew thinks, oh, oh, something's up. Uh-oh, that, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> then Dargo summarily just decides that he's in charge and knocks everyone the F out. That's yeah, like... <laughs> He's like, I'm taking charge. And he tries to walk away, and they're all, all three look at each other and like, okay, we grab him. And he just knocks him out, all three, with one uh, swing. Yeah, so this is not going well. No. Zahn then goes to wake up the Tavlek who got left behind and is asking him, you know, what's the gauntlet doing? How do we stop it? And it turns out that the gauntlet is injecting Dargo with a stimulant, but it can only be taken off if you're knocked unconscious. Yes. That's actually very useful because you don't want your enemy trying to cut off your arm while it's trying to disarm you. And like, I've seen how incredibly aggressive these species are. I think that would be a perfect tactic for their likes. I mean, like, you've, you've played Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. You know this happens all the time. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> like, I would have been like, no, you can't just disarm me like that. And funnily enough, John makes the makes the pun of. Yeah, you can disarm them without disarming them. It's like, I can only hope that didn't translate properly because nobody puts out the appropriate groan. <laughs> um, so they're trying to figure out if they can actually knock Dargo out because, you know, he's a big Luxon and that's not going to be an easy guy to knock out at the best of times. And he's got Especially seeing how he can actually throw up shields with the gauntlet. Uh, yeah, but Zahn says she can make up some sleep mist out of her bunch of files and jars of miscellaneous fluid. Mm -hmm. She's basically an alchemist, really. Because why not? She's a scientist, she's a priest, she's an alchemist. She's she's multi-classing, is what's happening here. (laughs) (laughs) But then, Pilot gets the transmission from the planet, because the Tavleks have their leader, Bakesh, who wants to talk, and surprise, surprise, he's ransoming Rigel. Oh no, really? (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be one of those. Okay, fine. Yeah, and the crew has one day or their king, as he says, because that's how uh, Rigel was hyping himself up to them uh, previously to get them to give them a good deal. But uh, he says, one day or your king dies. They basically say, like, look, your your king has uh, 600 billion subjects. You should be able to pop up a small cargo hold. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll have a whip round, you know, get some, get some money out of them. No, they want... <laughs> Grade 9 general science fiction fluid. Yeah, they, they want some form of material that is, you know, science fiction, Named. precious metal, or whatever yeah. it is, enough to fill a big cargo hold. That should be easy enough to do, right? Yeah, it's, it's not that hard. It's not like you're just a small, lonely ship uh, with escaped convicts. That would be bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. Awkward. So, yeah, they're left with that problem to solve. 
But then Crichton and Aaron have to go and take down uh, Dargo because he's got to command and is basically trying to take over the ship, as we said. Yeah. Zana's actually made up the sleep mist basically into a water balloon. Erin <laughs> uh, says to John, like, you're going to throw that at him. You, basically, you know, a useless human. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's like, like, yeah, sure. Kindergarten. I've done yeah. this before. Yeah, he's, he actually says, I grew up with this stuff. <laughs> you know, throwing water balloons at people. And actually it works because he... Yeah, have some faith in in John. He has a good arm. He throws it well, and you know the, the, the arm is just fine. The sleep mist. Eh. Yeah, because he throws it at Dargo's feet, and he, it looks like it's working. But maybe they should have taken into account the fact that he's actually being in, injected with a stimulant, <laughs> because we have like a shot, a close up of the armband with the fluid sort of being drained a little bit, and then Dargo starts to get up again. It's like ah, yeah. Nothing can ever be easy. Damn it. <laughs> so they have, to, they have to run away. And they enlist the help of Pilot to build up some pressure in the ship. Uh, because uh, Moya needs to vent some uh, gases or fluid or something. And John's like, no, 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 no. Build it up. <laughs> and both Pilot and Aaron are like, what? Excuse me? <laughs> no, 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 no. I've got a plan. Trust me in this. <laughs> yep. His plan is just its brilliant in its stupidity <laughs> but what i really like is that we then cut to zan who has just revived the, the child warrior basically he tries to attack her she knocks him out with the best line ever because he insults her of being like uh you're soft and weak mm. she dodges knocks him out and says soft yes weak no it's like what what what, what? come at me what? bro God. what what like deal with it zan right here it's like yeah and, uh, and then pilot says like uh you should probably uh, brace yourself why because uh, John ha- has a plan. Ugh. And she swears in her own language. It's like she says something like, that's probably a swear. It's like, yes, John has a plan is not a sentence you want to hear. <laughs> Apparently not. Four episodes in, they've already learned that. <laughs> so, yeah, they lure Dargo into an empty room, uh, John and Aaron. And then John tells Pilot to release the pressure, which shakes the ship. And basically, Dargo falls over. Yeah, he just gets knocked straight into a console. And manages to knock himself out. So, success! The plan worked! Yay! Gauntlet comes off. I also like that at no point does John actually explain what his plan is. He no, just says, build up the pressure and then release it. So, Aaron has no idea what's going on. And <laughs> her reaction to, like, wait, that was your plan. <laughs> to hope it worked, he, didn't it? To hope he falls over. That was your plan. <laughs> he's like, next time you get to make the plan. But yeah, the gauntlet's come off. So, yay! Success! But uh, that's, that's only one of the problems they have to deal with. Because now we go to where Rigel is. He's locked up. He's in a prison cell. Uh, in mud, as it turns out. Like, he's buried halfway up, his, up to his chest in mud. Which is incredibly convenient if you're a puppet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very much it's so. It's like, gee, hmm, why would they have done... Oh, of course. <laughs> Also, um, interestingly, going back, this this might even be a callback to IET when he says that he actually really hates mud because he's aquatic and oh, it's, right. it's either on land or on water, not halfway in between because you can't move, you can't breathe in it. So they, you know, can't encase him in, in can't swim in it, and you encase him in mud, you can't get away. Oh, I never thought about that actually. I don't know if that was intentional, but it could it could very well be. I just thought that might be a nice, nice little detail. But uh, yeah, he's he's incarcerated, waiting for him to take the ransom, and he's not alone. 
This is my favorite part. Oh, there's oh this he's, I love this. He's bit. in jail with what appears to be Cthulhu. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're actually right. That is indeed looks I, like Cthulhu. Speaking of puppets, you know, there's a green squid person with a head and tentacles and like lots and lots of tentacles. Yeah. <laughs> Two big red glowing eyes. Yeah, it's actually a very impressive puppet, but it's like I really lo- I, it was really nice design. But it's Cthulhu. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, he, it's not. His name is Jotheb from the Consortium of Trow, and so it it sounds like that the um, Tavlex have made a business uh, kidnapping kings and you know royalty, lead, royalty, and then ransoming back them back to their people. Mm-hmm. This isn't their first rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> They've been doing this before. They know how this goes. I also wanted to point something out, uh, else out as well, that uh, a bit of costuming detail, because we said that the Tavlex in general look like, uh, you know, they've got kind of, it's supposed to be power armor or like armor that looks like it's out of Fallout, mm-hmm. basically. But it's made mm-hmm. out of, you know, foam rubber, because this is a kind of, they've got to save budget somewhere. Um, <laughs> but I mean, they look pretty cool. They actually look pretty good. Uh, but Bekesh... He's got a unique design because his the entire basically top half of his head, all the way down to around his eyeballs, is metal. Yeah, it's some sort of metal cap that encases his entire uh, entire upper head, as you said. And it like stops just above his nose, and it's like he can't actually he doesn't you can't see his eyes. Yeah, and he's probably completely blind. <laughs> and he's got kind of like a stitched up face, like it's been scarred, um, yeah. which we find which is common to. The rest of the Tavlex, because the one back on Moya has got a similar kind of scarred and mis- mm-hmm. misshapen face. I just thought that was like a really unique kind of um, design that I haven't actually seen too it's often. It's a design that, that, what I like is that it, it's a design that echoes brutality. This mm. is probably what the, the tabloids do, pretty much. <clears throat> Tavlex. Sorry. What the Tavlex do, pretty much. They, they are a very warrior-like uh, butchery species. Mm. But... Back on Moya, as if we didn't have enough problems, uh, Moya is actually losing orbit and can't move. Uh, sorry, why? Well, back at the opening scene, Rigel was getting ready, you know, he was putting on his best uh, face to impress the Tavlex, and he had like a scepter with like mm-hmm. a red jewel in the middle of it. Do you know what that was? Uh, I don't know, family heritage? Nope, that was a vital control crystal from Moya. Because uh. <laughs> Pilot says he asked, Rigel asked if he could borrow it, and of course Pilot said no because no, we need that. that. And then he took it anyway. Yeah, that's <laughs> just that's... to decorate his scepter to look good. Rigel and Asher, ladies and gentlemen. Just like Rigel, I know, I know you're trying to to bling yourself up, but good God, man! <laughs> I I kind of want to start a second counter right here. It's like God damn it, Rigel. It's. <laughs> You know what? Actually, yeah. Let's do was, it. God damn it. Was, was, <laughs> this is going to be a fast one, ladies and gentlemen. This one is going to be might have to, We might have to add some... times an episode. Probably. We might have to add some retrospectively. <laughs> <laughs> but at, at the very minimum, that's number one. <laughs> this may be subject to change. Yes. We'll start with one, and in like a few, a few weeks, we'll be uh, up a bit more. To like, I don't know, a couple hundred. <laughs> <laughs> probably. So yeah, much as some of them may want to leave Rigel behind, they actually can't because they have to go get him, not just to get him back, but to get the crystal back so that Moya can actually leave. And we see, we check in with the rest of the crew, and Dargo is still asleep from the effects of the stimulant. He got not, he's basically out cold for a while. He's, got, he's probably got the biggest hangover in his life. Yep. 
Erin is formulating a plan to go down to the planet to get the crystal back. <laughs> John's like, oh no, let me guess. Lead a small commander ray to retake, uh, retake the position and get Rigel out of there. <laughs> and she doesn't say no. <laughs> she's like, are you coming? Do you have a better plan? Uh, yeah, she's like, are you coming? <laughs> she's like, well, no, that's a terrible idea. And so she punches him out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, she walks up to him, Wham! Like there's a there's a theme of people getting knocked out in this episode so far. What I really love is that she knocks him out, and we straight cuts to in her prowler as she's behind the wheel, just flying, and then John's lying there unconscious in the back, and then suddenly he wakes up. Or he could get negotiate with them. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> just keeps going with his story for it's where like, he left. It's that classic bit of you know gets knocked out mid sentence and wakes up and continues the same sentence. And he's like, "You knocked me out." She's like, no, it was what? a, it, it was a precise strike to, you know, give make you unconscious for a certain amount of time. It's like, you hit me. <laughs> Stop punching me. I love what she then does. She's like, meh. Well, I like the line, the back and forth, which is, um, once all this is done, we're gonna have a long, hard talk. And yeah, and she says, well, once this is done, we'll probably both be dead. <laughs> it's like a little optimism. Come on. Come on. I mean. Let's assume you have a good plan. Uh, meanwhile, though, Zan is still with the boy, or the young Tatsuki. Sorry, Tablek. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she gives... Uh, she's, you know, removed his uh, armor and stuff, because actually in the previous scene we've seen what looks to be Eren is wearing at least some of it. Yeah. Um, so they've, they've quite clearly taken that for a disguise. So he's without his armor, and is just wearing like a, a shawl or like a blanket or something. And she gives him Crichton's spacesuit to try and cover up. He he seems to think that Zan just wants to see him naked, <laughs> so he flashes her. She's like, <laughs> quite her literal words are quite respectable for your age. It's like, it's like wow, whoa, sick bird. Let him down gently, why don't you? <laughs> oh, but uh, I just, really like that. She's like, are you trying to shock me? It's nudity, uh. uh like a taboo in your culture. Yeah, and she just takes the clothes off. <laughs> no, actually, what I <laughs> he says, are you so embarrassed of your body that you feel you need to hide it? And he's like, oh, especially if uh, we'd look like you. <laughs> and then she takes her clothes off. Yep. Like, I doubt it. We see, we see Zon from the back, but completely in, blue, com like props on the. Yeah, this uh, is makeup department. It's like they they go even further than we've seen before. This is the second time we've basically seen Zan naked from behind. Uh, yeah. Because in the pilot episode we saw her sort of meditating, sat down in the cross leg position. Now mm. she's just standing up. <laughs> like he's completely lost his tongue. I think he just saw something that he'll he'll probably never forget. And like you said, like the makeup just goes head to toe blue. Um, and just detailed, and just that must have taken a long time. <laughs> yeah, props to Virginia Hay for sticking that one out. And before we can go any further with this scene, uh, Dargo is awake, and he wants to actually be useful, so she has to go and help him out because he's still kind of hungover, basically. <laughs> like as she leaves the cell, she asks, "Like, do you do you require food? Are you hungry?" And it's like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Dargo is kind of stumbling around the. Con control trying to be useful and we cut back to the planet because Crichton and Eren have found a Tavlek hunting party Ah, and Eren is indeed dressed in the armour of the Tavleks which conveniently covers their entire face 
Ah, Stormtrooper <laughs> armor. Always liable. Hey. And so Erin has decided that she needs to force them to tell her where Rigel is. Yeah. So she puts the gauntlet on. Because that worked so great last time. And John's like, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. What? No, we're not doing this. And she's like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll use it. I'll uh, make sure that they tell me where the camp is. And then I'll just come right back. And she actually gives John a thing to knock her out. She gives him a little um, injector gun. So it's like, when I come back, you know, use this on me, knock me out. And then, you know, take the thing off. So, yeah, she puts the gauntlet on, puts the helmet on and goes to try and force the... Tavlex to tell them where Rigel is mm-hmm. and John is sort of covering her from behind with he's got what are called oculars which are kind of like peacekeeper binoculars except they just clip onto the head and zoom in somehow Actually, <laughs> space, they give you space eyes space eyes space eyes and then oh god then it all starts going wrong because of course it does they don't believe her so John tries to cover her <laughs> and because Aaron didn't think to tell him how, or he never said, wait, I don't know how to use this gun. <laughs> Mind explaining that to me? He manages to overload the gun and it self-destructs. He basically blows up the only gun they had. So good job, John. Good yeah. job. <laughs> she comes back and she asks, like, where's the rifle? All over the place. Yeah, because John blowing up the rifle causes a distraction which allows Aaron to get away. So, yay! Helping! <laughs> Teamwork! <laughs> it only costs us a rifle. Yeah. <laughs> like he critical failed on his, you know... <laughs> Use tech rolls. Like, what does this button do? <laughs> Oops! And from the ship, Dargo says, Are you sure these sensors are working properly? I thought I saw an explosion. <laughs> and Pilot's like, yeah, no, that, that, that's correct. He's like, okay, fine, prep the shuttle. I'm going it's down like, there. Clearly uh, <laughs> need my help. Go, go bail these assholes out. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're back with Zahn and the Tavlek boy, and she's entering his cell to try and give him some aid, and he attacks her. <laughs> he just straight up is like, no. <laughs> she just basically just overpowers him quite easily. Again, she's just like, no reaction, just he digs his finger into her arm, which makes her bleed. Funnily enough, she's, she actually bleeds white. Uh-huh. Um, and she's just still got this calm expression on her face of like, you what, mate? I like that she actually uses the blood in apparently what's a remedy, because the reason, part of the reason he's attacking her, it's not entirely his fault, is because he's having a... Yeah, he's having rather severe withdrawal symptoms from the stimulant in the gauntlet. And she basically just apparently makes some sort of concoction. She rubs on her lips, then she straight kisses him, which relieves apparently the symptoms, then puts a hand on his chest that relieves the pain, because as we've learned, yep. she can do that. Yeah, that's something we uh, have already seen. The kiss is a little weird. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you could have just also just put that on his mouth, I guess. But but I think, I mean, she's very clearly trying to get past his indoctrination. So she's, you know, doing things that are out of his comfort zone. He's sort of like, ah, oh, very oh, confused. Oh. <laughs> Gotta go back to my bunk again. But yeah, she's eased his pain as well, which he's being confused by compassion, I think, is mm. uh, what's what's really happening here. Which we've seen before with Aaron who used to be a similar kind of warlike person. And speaking of Aaron, turns out the plan to take the gauntlet off of Aaron, guess what? It doesn't go well. No, really? 
<laughs> the gauntlet actually, she doesn't want to take the gauntlet off. Yeah, the gauntlet that makes you angry and, you know, very defensive and aggressive. You don't, you mean, you don't want to take it off? There's no precedent for this <laughs> at all. I could not have seen this coming. So, yeah, she doesn't want Crichton to take it off and she attacks him. Yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's Dargo all over again. And then Dargo arrives on the scene as the cavalry. Then <laughs> she basically pins, da- pins Dargo to the ground because she's at this point broken the uh, medical injector with the knockout stuff in it. And <laughs> Dargo flicks his tongue at her, which knocks her out. <laughs> yeah, because I was going to say, that's the thing he can do, right? Yeah, because we saw that in the first episode where he knocks Crichton out with his, like, frankly, ridiculously long um, projectile tongue, basically. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so she goes unconscious, and they can get the gauntlet off. So, hey, success. <laughs> I, like, I like how John's like... That's a very heavy blanket you have there, Dargo. <laughs> it's like, very heavy. <clears throat> Help me get this off. <laughs> so, meanwhile, Rigel and Jotheb have been sort of talking back and forth uh, in their cell while all this has been going on. And when they introduce each other, it turns out that neither of them who have huge empires have heard of each other. Yeah. <laughs> and they, you have that bit of one-upmanship where Rigel says, like, how oh, many people in your empire? And he's like... 10,000. He's like, ha! I've got 600 billion! (laughs) (laughs) Then the other, Joseph Countess, like, no, 10,000 planets. (laughs) Each with about 4 billion people on them. He's like, oh, I see. (laughs) (laughs) At some point, Rigel starts, of course, insulting guards. So, when they bring him his food, they bring him a skull. And I think it's that time of the episode again where we go, oh my god, the Jim Henson uh, company. Where Rigel's reaction to seeing that it's a skull his, his sheer shock oh I got so giddy about that one yeah like holy shit that was good puppetry yeah because you have kind of well two types of puppetry between Jotheb and Rigel because Jotheb is like a big big creature with lots of limbs but not a very detailed uh, face or expression so he basically has no. one static head with tentacles but still able to you know uh, look effective but Rigel has like so many expressions and you can the control of his face is just really detailed and you really believe in his expressions and oh it works so well so good oh, oh god i love that that that's probably my favorite part of the episode just that facial expression mm. but uh Rigel is trying to get his way as well because mm-hmm. he complains that he's been served uh, food in a skull yep <laughs> he's like how dare you serve this to me and Bakesh comes back in and is like, oh, I am terribly sorry. He takes it away and just pours liquid food into... Into the cell, just right in front of Rigel. It's like, here you go, your eminence. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have another Rigel bit of... He's looking at this sort of dirty, muddy stuff in front of him that's been covered with his food. And he's like, I really shouldn't eat this. I should, and then he's looking at his finger with a bit of. I was like, I shouldn't. And then he realizes, like, wait, actually, he starts rubbing all that food around him. Because yeah, he's realized that actually by pouring all the liquid into his cell, he's loosened up the mud, and he might be able to break free. Yep. And get out through the little grate where they uh, send the food in. And he actually asks for Jotham's help because he sends a tentacle around into Rigel's cell. Basically, just starts grabs him around the neck, starts pulling. <laughs> he starts pulling him up by the neck. Rachel says, oh, "Maybe the neck wasn't the best choice, the best place." <laughs> but he does actually manage to get free. 
and get out about halfway out through the grate when Bakesh turns up and notices this escape attempt and stomps on his throat. He actually straight kills him. Yeah. Rigel is dead. That's the end we see of Rigel in the series. Uh, well, <laughs> you say that. <laughs> Spoilers, he doesn't actually die forever. But, no. but there's the scene where you see him stomping on Rigel's neck and again the puppet work is really effective because it's horrifying. Yeah. You see a pained expression on Rigel's face as his windpipe is crushed. <laughs> he just goes limp. Damn. He, he killed a man. Uh, but then Jotheb says, wait, because at this point they've basically realized that no one is coming to pay for Rigel. They're, his time is almost up. But Jotheb says that, wait, wait, my people are coming to get me and they'll also pay Rigel's ransom. So you'll get money from uh, my consortium. And awesome. Jotheb sends another tentacle round and revives Rigel somehow. Basically, apparently he can bring his race can bring people back to life. I'm telling you, it's Cthulhu. I'm telling you. <laughs> and so Rigel is revived and goes back inside the prison cell to await the arrival of Jotheb's people. And then <laughs> and then Rigel is like oh, you idiot. <laughs> I was a dominar. Not anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. Because that's not... I, I love the beauty of it. That's That Jotheb is like, uh, well... Uh, you're welcome to join the consortium. Right? Just like, uh, thanks for the invitation. It's not an invitation. I own you now. That's how that works. If I bring you back to life, your life is mine. You're and up. I kind of love that culturally. It's like, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see that make it, making sense. I mean, you're alive because of me, so you better put that life in service of me. Yeah, and you know, I own you, and I think he says I own all everything that you own by proxy. Yeah, you know your six hundred billion subjects. He's like, ah, oh, have I got news for you, buddy? <laughs> I haven't got squat. He's like, I was deposed a hundred years ago, hundred cycles, hundred cycles ago. It's... I misspoke. It's just a ship full of escaped prisoners and him, nothing else. <laughs> and Joseph is quite pissed off at this. He's, he's mad. <laughs> mad salty. He's... And then he devours the world. Wait, no, sorry, no, sorry. no, no. No, Calm yeah. down, H.P. Lovecraft. <laughs> Settle Sorry. down. Okay, so it's nearing the point in the episode where, all right, we've got to get Rigel out of there now. Yeah. Um, and, oh, God, I love this bit. They find the Tavlet camp. Everyone is asleep. Yeah. I, <laughs> did you have as much problems with that as I did? Yeah, because, oh, it's nap time. Everyone, like, everyone's asleep? I mean, aside from the obvious, like, wait, you don't have guards, you goddamn fucking idiots. They, well, John says, you know, we have to do this secretly. No one has to discover us. And then they just fucking walk in there. <laughs> like, let's wind back a bit, because there's a scene in uh, right before that that I really, really, really want to talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we should definitely talk about that scene, because... You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, because at this point... Yeah, I have this marked down, too. At this point, um, both Aaron and Dargo are kind of feeling the after effects of the gauntlet but Dargo is he's you know had a few more hours to deal with it but uh, Aaron is basically useless at the moment yep she's out cold well she's not quite she's waking up and is really not uh, well enough um, again worst hangover of her life yep and so the, she's arguing with Dargo he's like well you called me a coward you said I was a barbarian it's like well you are it's like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> And John has to step in and, uh, basically as the mediator 
to be like, hey, kids, play nice. <laughs> it's like, it's the gauntlet mate who said this thing. You didn't mean any of it. And they're both like, yes, we did. <laughs> and then John has a great line where he says, did you mean what you did as well? And it's like when you attacked everyone, and that kind of makes them rethink things a little bit. Yeah. And if you meant what you said, you might want to consider therapy. <laughs> I think that goes for everyone on that ship, you know. <laughs> most definitely. John's probably the most sane person around there, and that's saying a lot. That ain't going Wait, no, actually, Zahn. Zahn, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Zahn is the most straight-thinking person out there. With the possible exception of Pilot, but... Yeah, I was also thinking of Pilot. There's a couple of sane people on that ship, is yeah. what we're saying. <laughs> one or two. Dargo and Aaron are not one of them. Yeah, like, I did like that, of John actually being the voice of reason, and being like, me and Dargo are going to do this because uh, you're not... At your full strength, Aaron, and you know, trying to settle the dispute between the two of them. Yeah, and he's like, "But what? What do I do if something goes wrong?" Well, you, you provide us cover or something. What the gauntlet? No. And Dargo presents his sword. <laughs> Aaron is like, like, "Oh, great, a sword! Thanks. That's going to be great." And my, probably my second favorite scene of this episode, he starts finicking with it, and it turns out it's a gun blade. It's a gun sword. It's a gun sword. It's, it's a sword that is also a gun. <laughs> I think he's been playing Bloodborne. <laughs> Probably. Like, it's actually. his weapon. It's his weapon transformation. Like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's actually like an involved process. He has to unhook the. And there's a little bit of uh, movie magic in this because most of the fiddling with it is done while it's sort of pointing out of screen, mm-hmm. <laughs> off, off, camera. off camera, and so then it comes back up as like a fully extended. Because the blade kind of splits into um, along its length and sort of comes yeah. apart. There's like a barrel in in between. And grip basically twists like 50 degrees to form a handle. Yeah, which is pretty cool, but it's quite clear they have two separate props. Yeah. <laughs> there's also, what I also like, there's two things about what, what I really like about this sword reveal. One, it's like Peacekeeper Intelligence or Peacekeeper Intelligence distribution is crap. Yeah. It's very clear Aaron doesn't know this about Luxons. Yeah, I, I think I, the impression I've got of the Peacekeepers is that they're roles are all very specialized mm. so Erin doesn't know about that because she doesn't need to know which is kind of bullshit because if you ever send her after a Luxon which pretty much she did mm. she might have wanted to know that that sword is also a gun I mean she's a prowler pilot so I would assume mostly engaged in space combat but yeah, okay you're a good point actually yeah makes sense but yeah I, it, it does seem to be a little bit of a lapse in in knowledge also this confirms my theory from the first episode that sword is blunt as hell. Because yeah. apparently you can just hold it on the blade to steady your aim without it slicing straight through your hand. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it's like, the sword bit, the sword form isn't very functional, is it? I mean, it's less of a gun sword, more of a gun club. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But yeah, no, it's a, it, it's a really cool looking weapon, I have to admit. Oh yeah. It looks pretty neat. Um, I agree with that. So, Dargo gives it to Aaron to provide cover as... He and Crichton just walk into the Tavlek base where everyone has decided it's nap time. Like they've as, got as some said, milk and one. cookies, and they're all just you know passed. You know they're all asleep. They're like one. Apparently, you don't post guards. Two. I would expect that the fact that you guys have these arm wrists that apparently push stimulants into your blood veins would keep you awake. Well, here's the other thing. I. I think somebody should introduce the concept of guard rotation to the Tavlek. <laughs> exactly. Do you, do, you like, know, do you know what a shift is? <laughs> look, look, guys, 
I know you don't do management very well, but there's such a thing as shifted work, so you can keep something going 24 hours a day. Yeah, so I'm sorry, I, I just can't get everyone fell asleep. Like, that's the laziest out I've, I think I've ever seen. But I mean, I will give them credit that it, getting in is relatively easy. So they, they walk in, they don't even bother to sneak and hide behind boxes, they just walk through the middle of the compound yep. and find the prison, which is apparently not locked, because they, they go inside and Jotheb is there. But guess who's not there? Rigel. Rigel's not there. Rigel's gone. His scepter is there, though. But guess what's not in the scepter? The crystal. The crystal. Because yep. nothing's ever simple. I also like John coming in. He accidentally steps on one of the tentacles of Jotep. It's like, <laughs> oh, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> and then he looks at the, in the cage and he says, Darko, hey, Darko, check out the critter. And both Darko and Jotep are like, Critter? What the fuck are you talking about? It's a critter. It's a real, <laughs> seriously, critter. That's, that's a person, you asshat. Yeah, that's a sentient being, yeah. you dick. <laughs> and he's like, right, yeah, sorry, my bad. Um, they find out that Rigel's not there, and, and then Joseph tells him, like, oh yeah, I heard. They're uh, due to my mistakes. They think that I'm. Um, I'm going to pay for him. Yeah, so they took him away. Oh. Well, uh, we better get going then. Uh, oh, wait, sorry, we'll help you out first. And he's like, no, 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 that's fine. They're paying my ransom, so I'll, I'll just wait for two days. Yeah, he's perfectly, like, Jotheb is perfectly fine to just chill in his cell for a couple of days. <laughs> I like that John doesn't try to be the hero, like, no, no, I will save you. He's like, okay, well, thanks for the help and good luck. I almost half expected him to look at his watch and be like, yeah, no, shit, he's right, we gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> With that being the last time we see Jotheb, can we briefly talk about how I love the way they portray his culture and the few lines of dialogue that he has? Because there's, again, there's that bit where uh, we learn that if you revive somebody in his culture, their life is yours. Yep. There's also certain manners of speaking that he uses. In the beginning, uh, when Rizal says he's never heard of it, Jotheb says, like, the imperfection is yours. That's a beautiful turn of phrase. Yeah, but that basically means your loss. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the way he says it, the way his words come out, it's not just he's talking, they actually made some interesting uh, sentences for him to say, which I really like mm. because it sold the culture a lot more. That yeah. This is an alien creature, they not did... only in appearance, but also in culture and speech. Yeah, they did a good job of making him very alien, as you said. I actually quite like Jotheb in this. I don't know if he comes back, but I like I, him as I a... I wouldn't expect him to come back. That means they've got that puppet lying around. I, I <laughs> actually think it's not that difficult. To, it's actually a suit, I'm pretty sure of. It's not a there puppet. There probably is someone inside it now that, now that you, you mentioned it. You can, see, you can very clearly notice it when Jotheb starts r slamming the, um, oh, yeah, right. the wall between them. When that's he... when I notice, like, wait a second, that's not a puppet, that's a person in there. Yeah, when, when he finds out that uh, Rigel actually doesn't have anything. Yeah, so... And because he's mostly in the shadows, I wouldn't expect the props. Uh, it's probably his arms, a little bit of his torso, and his face. That's probably it. Everything mm. below is probably not. Um, yeah, I would assume somebody in a dark black cloak. Yeah, I would assume his head has some uh, puppetry in it to operate the eyes and all that kind probably. of stuff. Yeah, but yeah, I, I thought he was a good side character in this episode. Mm -hmm. So while this has been going on, we've had uh, some more scenes with Zan and the Tavlek uh, on Moya. And he's sort of, he's a bit recalcitrant and he's wondering how Zan managed to take away the pain. She says that she's a ninth level Delvian Pau. Pau priest, I think. Pau priest, says. yeah. 
So that got me thinking, what can priests or clerics in Dungeons & Dragons actually do? So let's have a look. I have the player's, mm. fifth player's handbook here with me. So let's see what, yep. what, what falls under Zan's abilities. Give me a moment to look this up here. She's able to cast fifth level spells at mm -hmm. uh, maximum. Sounds about right. She's apparently able to destroy undead at that point. Hmm. And uh, she's had a few features of her domain, which I'm expecting is to be life. So let's see if there's anything interesting in there. <laughs> I mean, we did say that the opening, or well, the first couple of episodes, did feel a little bit like a and d adventure. <laughs> so we're, we're basically just jumping into the uh, rules text. What I'm saying is Farscape RPG system. Yes, please, Gib. <laughs> I would be very much surprised if it if it doesn't exist. She's apparently a disciple of life and a blessed healer. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, be very good at uh, healing. Mm -hmm. Oh, divine strike. That also seems appropriate with her yeah, um, yeah. combat skills. She's proficient in heavy armor. I think she's not using that feature. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Uh, Turns out there is indeed a fastgate role playing game. <laughs> told you. Published by Alderac Entertainment Group. And it's fully compatible with the D20 system uh, oh. published by Wizards of the Coast. Nice. So if you go to alderac.com slash Farscape, you can find more information. That's A-L-D-E-R-A-C dot com. So who knows? Maybe run some Farscape games for your local game group. Yeah, If you do, actually, let us know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd be really interested how that ends up. But yeah, she's a ninth level Delvian Paul priest. Yeah. I'm, hope, I'm <laughs> hoping that as, as the series uh, continues, we learn that she's leveled up at some point. <laughs> yeah. Funny enough, uh, the uh, Tavlek boys, he's still not really fully accepting of all of this because she's trying, basically, she's trying to get him off drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's. it's what, I hadn't even realized that. I mean, she says, like, you now that you don't have this poison in you, and he, like, smashes the food away. It's like, the only poison is this bloody awful food you're feeding me. It's, like, it's very much like an anti-drug kind of thing that she's Yeah, kinda... I, hadn't, I hadn't actually realized that. That's mm. pretty on the nose when you now that you point it out. Yeah, she's like, no, I can take away the pain. You're having withdrawal symptoms. You... And she, you know, is trying to tell him that you don't need this drug. And he's like, well, yeah, I do. It's what my culture, it's what we do. We get it clamped onto us and we can all we, be... We can do so many great things with it. And she's like, well, what can you do as yourself? But it's not really getting through to him, but she's trying no. to, you know, make him into something better than what he is. She's really trying to make him see his own worth, mm. I think. Yeah, I actually really like that, even even though it's not working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Zahn is a really, really interesting character. I've, I've really, with the risk of going back to D&D &D again, she's really, she's very much a pacifistic character. She's like... She's always trying to do the right thing. She's a pacifist for the most part. We'll, we'll, we'll come to that. We'll in, come to, yeah, fair enough. We'll come to that in a sec. But anyway, back on the planet, all the gods have woken up, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Nap time's over. Apparently. <laughs> the alarm the clock goes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, oh, five more minutes. I just wanted there to be like a shot of two guards like spooning in the corner. <laughs> Wake up and just be like, oh, that was a good nap, Derek. He's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> but they've woken up and they're like oh wait there are people here we should actually do our jobs maybe yeah probably <laughs> uh, and so Dargo and John have to make a hasty retreat and with Aaron covering fire yeah and she's got the gun working because there's a bit of dramatic tension where um, Dargo gives her the gun in the previous scene and says here you go here, you know that'll cover you 
And she's like, well, is it charged? He said, well, it should be. So when I, it was charged when they captured it. It's like, well, how long ago was that? Oh, you know, eight cycles. <laughs> eight years. Yeah, it's been in storage for eight years. But apparently it can hold a charge for eight years. So there you go. Yeah, decent battery life. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, so she provides covering fire. And John and Dargo get away. But Dargo gets hit. Oh, no. But he's fine. He walks on. No, not really. Yeah, he walks on <laughs> after being hit. But then when he arrives at Aaron and John, who are in the forest, mm. and it's like she says, like, it's a very impressive weapon. And he's like, I requested you bury me with it and then fall <laughs> face first <laughs> can i just say actually that that escape scene like very cool shot all, all the explosions from the mm, gun yeah parts of the terrain uh, falling down it was a very nice it's only a few it's it's like 30 seconds long but damn those were some very good 30 seconds yeah very effective and very sort of action-packed and yeah you see bits of uh, there's arches falling down, people getting thrown over by explosions, and yeah, it's pretty cool. It's great. But yeah, Dargo has been shot in the back, and he asks, what color is the blood? John's like, uh, uh, it's black. Black, black, reddish. Here's an interesting thing, in that Aaron then immediately starts beating on <laughs> Dargo's back. Yeah, she just starts wailing at him. And John's like, hey, what the, what the hell are you what? doing? <laughs> this is interesting, because we saw earlier that Aaron has no idea what uh, Dargo's sword is. Doesn't mm-hmm. know it's a gun sword. So you think, okay, she doesn't know much about Luxon's. But she knows Luxon first aid. <laughs> it's a little inconsistent. I could imagine that Luxon physiology, how they... Because apparently the, the Luxon can't heal until the blood runs clear before and, we carry yeah. on with this. And, uh, to, and to make the blood run clear, you have to basically punch the wound really hard. You probably, I think you actually need to uh, worsen the wound. I think that's what the what they're trying to do. Yeah. The healing fact apparently Luxons have some sort of healing factor that doesn't actually kick in until it's bad enough. That's Explic- what I'm get getting from this. Mm. Yeah, it's not explicitly stated, but the I mean the upshot of it is that you just have to punch the wound repeatedly until the blood runs clear. Yeah, probably so, because it, it might be clogged with something or, uh, or yeah. one another. Basically, Luxons Luxon first aid is percussive maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, it's like. It, like everything in Luxon culture, it's like just you got ram against it, just, just punch it, just hit it really hard. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Aaron is just punching, just wailing on his back, and Dargo's like, "No, harder! You need to hit it harder." You wimp! You wimp! I didn't even <laughs> feel that. You call that breaking my spine? <laughs> <laughs> my grandma breaks spines better than you. <laughs> And then they get a call from Zan. Zan uh, calls down to John because they've been scanning for the ship, uh, her and Pilot and Moya, um, the shuttle which has Rigel in it. They give the coordinates of the shuttle to John in this bizarre coordinate system that John yeah, does not it's, understand. It's sheer gibberish. While saying it's three minutes away, and it, <laughs> or like it's taking off in three minutes. So this is a problem I have with this. It's taking off in three minutes. John and Aaron then spend about one minute um, deciphering where it actually is because John no. doesn't un- understand the co- the coordinate system, uh-huh. and then arguing about who's go- how they're going to get there. Same. Look, it's like it's like a clock that doesn't take as long as you don't look at it. It's Talk- like the clock on the big doomsday device. Wait, no, I've got it. It is D and D. Talking is a free action. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only explanation. Figured it out. Figured it out. <laughs> there is a lot of similarities here. Oh. <laughs> something's something's going on. 
So, yeah, basically, neither Aaron nor Dargo are in shape to actually get there. And John won't be able to get there in time by himself. So... So, he sticks the gauntlet on, because everyone gets a turn. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't had its turn yet, damn it. He sticks the gauntlet on, and basically just books it through the forest. <laughs> just just like, starts running like crazy. Actually, that brings something up. Was I seeing it correctly that all the plants are blue? Yes. And I'm pretty sure all the plants were spray-painted blue. I was going to say, that's what it looked like. Because in order to make the area look alien, the plants, you know, they're blue. They're not colour-corrected afterwards because I'm fairly sure I saw on a couple of scenes the back of one leaf, or a couple of leaves, which were green. Which makes sense. The yeah. colour of the leaf doesn't have to be the same on both sides. But but I'm, I'm reasonably sure that they just went through and, like, sprayed or painted them all blue. Kudos to the prod department, because that is a lot of plants they had to spray paint. That must Also, have... a lot of life they destroyed. Yeah, I don't know if there's special kind of stuff for that, but it kind even of... Then, even provided that it's something that's not chemically dangerous to the plant, it is blocking out the light, yeah, which the leaves true. are absorbing to give yeah. plants nutrients, photosynthesis. Maybe, so... they, maybe they clean them off afterwards, I don't know. Might, actually, if, if, it's, if it comes off with water, they probably they could have done that, actually. Um, so yeah, John has run all the way through the forest and has found Bakesh and the other Tavlex yeah. and manages to ambush them and gets in a fight with the gauntlet. Yeah, and he knocks out three guards. Yeah, he's got in a standoff with Bakesh. Yeah, and point... I like that Bakesh says, like, because you can see the guards still stirring, and he's like, you didn't kill him. You're a wimp. <laughs> like, I'm probably not that type of guy and I, I really love that because it shows that John is probably strong enough of character at least kind good of, enough yeah to resist the urges that uh, that so much power brings He's yeah handling it responsibly he passed his will save yeah pretty much <laughs> this is what's happening here and then he proceeds to fail several uh, bluff checks <laughs> <laughs> because first of all the gauntlet runs out of juice so yeah, he tries to shoot nothing happens like uh oh Oh dear. And then he's like, alright, okay. Rigel is... A mental patient. A mental patient. Rigel's yeah, a, a, a mental one. patient. He's he's crazy. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rigel is still in, in a bag complaining. Yeah. <laughs> and Bakesh is kicking him every time between sentences he, he speaks. And he's like, okay, he's not crazy. He's... Yeah, Bakesh is like, no, no, he's not crazy. <laughs> he's like, um... He's contagious. He's got a very uh, bad disease. You ever hear of uh, chicken pox? <laughs> I love that. Rise your son. He actually starts coughing. <laughs> and then uh, that doesn't because work. It's like, no, no, he's not no, sick. Try, an- try me again. Try another one. And so then John actually just tells him the straight truth that Rigel is worthless and yeah. no one is going to come and pay for him. And we're escaped prisoners, and we got nothing. We can't give you anything. It's you're wasting your time, basically. Mm-hmm. And he kind of believes this a little more. And then, oh, I realized we skipped over one scene. I noticed it as well. Basically, back on Moya, the uh, Tavlek boy had attempted to escape, and Zan basically overpowered him. She's angry because when she went to scan the planet, he was like, "Yeah, fine, I'll find my way back to the cell." He was actually very cooperative in that way. But he actually uses that chance to try and escape. Actually, no, worse. He tries to get the drug. Because apparently they took samples, I'm, I'm expecting, from the from the stuff. Yeah. And Zahn is pissed at this. Like, she's scary at that, this point. She's, she's terrifying because she easily 
I mean, easily overpowers him. And she says, like, I could break every bone in your body, basically. I could rip your arm off that, right here. That was it. And <laughs> I was like, you know why I don't? It's like, because I'm trying to do the right thing. Like, because I'm not your enemy. I'm not. This is, she crushes the injector right like, in her hand. With her bare really hands. Rises it. God damn. What, what the hell? <laughs> Why is Dargo down there? Why is it not Zahn? It's like, don't piss Zahn off. Jeez. Oh, shit. And so she locks him back up again after yeah. nearly tearing his arm off. Holy crap. <sighs> I, I also really like that she says, I could tear your arm off and I'd probably enjoy it. It's like, oh, there are some layers here. Yeah. Oh, there's more going on than meets the I, eye. Yeah, I, mm, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some history for, with Zahn. Uh, I wonder if that will come come up later i'm expecting that to come up later but not now so the kid's back in his cell so we that happened before the scene we are currently air quotes yeah. in at uh because then bekesh uh calls back to the ship because john says hey you know if you don't believe me talk to your boy and uh zan goes to the boy's cell and i mean they keep calling him a boy he's basically ad an adult but he's a boy to their culture yeah he's a young adult if mm -hmm. anything um, Very clearly. And so she basically takes up the uh, transmitter to him and is like, he confirms what John is saying. And then quite cunningly, Bakesh says, are they making you say this? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, are they forcing you to say this? Have you been mistreated? And then uh, the Tavlek boy basically very, very calmly, after, quick, after looking at Zahn, you know, has like a look between them. He says, no, I've been treated very well. They've actually been helping me. They've been helping you. It's like, with what? It's like, to get the thing off. No, I, what I think he says is he asks why. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know. What I really love is that one Zan then cuts the transmission, and then she says, because I like to offer choices. Mm. And that's, again, that plays up the previous scene where she says, I could. In fact, I probably want to and would enjoy tearing your arm off right now, but I choose not to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's clearly a very strong theme with Zahn's character, that she chooses to be better than, than she thinks she is. Yeah. And so Bakesh returns Rigel, because yep. he's like, well, this was an, a great waste of my time. Oh, and well. apparently decides that it's not even worth his time to kill the people who caused him all of this trouble. <laughs> he's just like, yeah. you know what? Fine, have Rigel back. God, I don't care. <laughs> just like kicks Please Rigel. take him off my hands kicks Rigel across to uh, to John. <laughs> I mean, I do appreciate it. It's like, okay, fine, you take Rigel back. I, I'm assuming that he's doing that to get the boy back. Yeah, I would assume so. Like, too. okay, it's, I'm hoping that's enough. And he's also like 100% done with this crap. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, John does actually say, how about we do a, a switch? We give you your boy back for uh, yeah. Rigel. So he picks Rigel up. It's like, where's the crystal? And I really love this shot, by the way, because Rigel is now uh, at about level height with John headwise, and he's like, "It's safe. Did you eat it?" <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh god damn it! Yeah, that's actually that's actually what I realized the moment it was gone from the scepter. I was like, "Oh shit, he ate it." <laughs> yep. Damn it, Rigel. Yeah. Mark that. Mark that one on the list, by the All way. Right, that's, that's two. That's two. That's god two. damn it, Rigel. That's two. There we go. <laughs> I also like this scene because this whole time when you've seen uh, John and Bakesh uh, talking to each other, 
Rigel has been in a bag mm-hmm. because that way they can pick him up and move him around without having to do some fancy camera work to make it look like you know there's an actual puppet in there. Yeah, and then they've got this very close up, tightly cropped scene with John and Rigel, so that the puppet, so that the um, puppetry can be done from out of shot. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> but, then he puts him back into the bag as he carries him back. So in the next scene, where he arrives at Dargo and Aaron. You do, they don't get the same problem. <laughs> well, Olaf is like, got him, and he falls over. <laughs> like, can we give credit to John here? He held out without that drug for a long time. Yeah. Holy and then, crap. And then when he passes out, he passes out directly on top of Rigel. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just that he deserved that. Rigel mm. deserved that. Yep. And we go back to Moya. Takes every, everyone goes home to Moya. And we have a scene with, at the end of the episode, which is basically a cue for the toilet. <laughs> it's like, God damn it, crap it out, Rigel. Rigel's... Come in here and help. Fa- no, 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 that's fine. My favorite thing is not only do we have him saying like, oh, go away, you know, do you want to come in here and help? You also have the, the sounds of some straining and some just... And then a proper... Thud. <laughs> like, no, actually, uh, splosh. <laughs> yeah, noise. It's just like, oh, you, you know, you didn't have to show this scene, but they had to add that scene there. Oh, I'm so well glad done. Oh, <laughs> and then he gives it, he gives it to Erin, and, and she's like hesitant, like, I washed it. She picks it up, walks away. At least I think I did. And there's Erin from the back, just the moment, like she stops and just and keeps, keeps walking. walking. He's like, no, it's like, no. Don't do not engage. <laughs> and then we basically end on a shit-eating grin from Rigel. No, 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 no. that's not where we end. Actually, also mark Wait, that no, as no. The, the third. All right, one that's for three. God, that's Rachel. three this episode. Yep. Wow. No, actually, uh, the scene ends with uh, Zahn uh, oh, speaking yes. over the uh, right. intercom yeah, yeah. boy, no, right. and she asks, "Like, oh, I just wanted to, uh, to know how you were doing." And she's like, "Much better now that I have this on." And he shows his gauntlet again. Uh... What I do like that he says it's it was my choice, so and like, then it cuts out. And then Zan is kind of a bit defeated and is just like, "Well, I tried." Yeah, that's. <laughs> I really like that she didn't get through them. Yeah, like, failure is sometimes more interesting than success mm. in a story. Yeah, and uh, throughout her conversations with him, there was he kept saying that he didn't want to hear her sermons. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, no sermons, we'll just talk. And then she repeats at the end in a sort of solemn way of like, hmm, no sermons. Yep. She likes to offer choices. Well, she offered a choice and he still chose. He just chose with not what she wanted. Yeah, you can offer a choice, but you you can't control what people will do. No, you have to respect the choice, even if it's the one you don't want them to make. Yeah. that's. That, I feel that's part of, part of giving people choices, but... Mm. Let's not get into the whole philosophical end of that. <laughs> but yeah, that's where we end. And that's the episode. That's thrown yep. for a loss. Alright, what do we so, think? Um, you lied to me. You said this was going to be a Rigel episode. And to be completely fair, though Rigel was a big part of it, I felt Rigel got the least character development. I mean, he, he was in a prison cell for most of it. That's true. Like, I, I would have hoped he got a bit of character development talking to uh, Joseph. But no, he comes out of it exactly the same. Same old Rigel. Yeah. Well, whereas Eren and Dargo bond a bit more again. Yeah, they have a bit again. more mutual respect. Yeah, uh, we learn a bit more about John. 
Yeah, and we also start to see John step into a proper role as mm -hmm. kind of a mediator and bringing all these people together. Yeah, we learn that Zan is actually. Uh, I mean, we learn a lot about Zan. She's a lot more complex than um, we've previously thought. Yeah, like there's, there's a lot more. There's a lot. There's a dark part we haven't seen yet. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on there. I guess yes. things like sleeping guards aside. This, <laughs> <laughs> this was a, this was a good another good episode for character development. You know, mm -hmm. they're getting they're getting a lot of that in in the first you know four episodes. It's good. I feel you need. Mm. To, I mean, like like I've probably said before, for me, stories start and end with their characters. Yeah, in in other sci-fi shows, this could very easily have been much more heavy on the anti-drug PSA mm -hmm. about the you know armbands yeah. and, and stuff. But that was just like a minor subplot. To the rest I mean, of the even episode. if that were the case, then he wouldn't have gone back to the gauntlet. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't end on no. a happy note. It's just like, nope, back on the drugs. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it a four, but only barely. For some reason, I didn't. Mm. I mean, I didn't feel because, especially because Rigel didn't get a lot of character development. And there's a few other things that were. Eh. It gets a four out of five, but well, only just. Well, you'll be pleased to know that that is the same score that FastgateWorld.com gave it. Oh. Their official review was 4 out of 5, and the reader score averaged at 3.67. So, oh. yeah. And here's the other thing about this episode. I'm going to bring this up again. This is the running order. This was episode 2 in the UK. Like, this was the second episode. Uh, I think it would have worked as a second episode. I think it's a little bit more effective since we've had more episodes of Zan because yeah. having that re that reveal of her darker nature immediately you're still only just getting to know the characters so you're like oh okay I know right straight away also uh, Dargo rebelling is a bit has a bit more weight now that we've seen how they work together for a few episodes it's a bit more it feels more out of character yeah Dargo going off on his own and being like I'm the captain now after episode one is not that out of character no, but we've seen that he's not that bad of a guy so, uh, in the last two episodes. Yeah, this makes way more sense as episode four. But I, it yep. wouldn't have been the worst episode two, but I like it now that we've had a bit more time to get to know everyone. Again, I, I thought this was a good episode. I would probably I it. take it down to about 3.5 out of 5. Okay. If only because the scene with... The... Everyone fell asleep, Red. Everyone <laughs> fell asleep. <laughs> it's nap time. Okay. Come uh, on. Like, at least make it a little difficult. At least have a little bit of sneaking around, not just like, walk straight into the compound. Yeah, it's a bit of disappointment, I'll admit that. It's it's less Metal Gear and more like, don't wake dad. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, it was still a very good episode that I enjoyed. Yeah. So very there you much. go. I don't think we've had a really bad episode so far. No, we but haven't. We're still only four episodes in. Lots of time. <laughs> <laughs> more than enough time for ones and twos. But yes, we'll see where we go from here because the next episode coming up is Back and Back to the Future. Ah, I think I know what this is going to be about. Oh, sorry, I misspoke. It's Back and Back and Back to the Future. You can probably, like you say, you can probably figure it out. Yep. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that next week. It's your kids, John. Something's going to be done about your kids. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we'll be back next week with episode five. And thank you for listening. And this podcast is brought to you by listeners like you and supporters of the Can't Wear Hats Patreon, which supports this and my live streaming and all other projects that uh, I am working on. 
And hey, and if you want to support that, that's patreon.com slash can't buy hats. And you can check out the YouTube page for previous episodes, which is youtube.com slash can't buy hats. There's also Twitter and Twitch, all under can't buy hats for all my stuff. And yes. Red, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Red Nightmare 7 on Twitch. They can find me in, uh, as Fidelkin Treehouse on YouTube. And they can find me as at Fidelkin in Tree on Twitter. Because screw having a consistent naming scheme. <laughs> well, there you go. But yeah, that's where you can find all of us. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And actually, at the time of recording, we've had some feedback about the first uh, episode. Yes. And I'm glad that everyone is enjoying it. People seem to be yeah. liking it. Yeah. It's good to hear. We're doing I'm, re- I'm really, I'm really liking that. It's uh, apparently hitting really well. Yeah, I'm, I'm pleased with it. I'm proud of how it's doing so far, and can only get better from here because <laughs> I'm st- still figuring this, this out, you know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, that's it from us this week. We'll see you again next week, and until next time, goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>